we were saying that Spondiferous was gonna have like, like chapters and we were gonna work on this next album that was gonna be night music and all of that stuff. And then I said, I am growing more and more tired of being in my head with all of this stuff. And the idea of making an album that's night music is becoming laughable to me. And I haven't even like made an album before and I'm just uh, laughing at what goes through my head with like what you need to make an album. And I'm like, you don't need to have a theme for an album. Um, I've, I'm coming around to agreeing with Chris Martin and different people that have said a concept album, that is a, a, an album that tells some sort of story across multiple songs, that those aren't successful. Uh, basically meaning that people don't care about the story, they just care about the individual songs. Something you and I have talked about seven years ago was how a great album is basically, you know, 10 great songs. Like it's, it's a giant list of great songs and a bad a album. a bunch of great singles all put together. Exactly. That it's, that it's on a song by song basis, even there. And, and I just get so, so lost in like these little beauties. Um, you know, you know, Scott, the Scott Hare, the guy pastor I was raised with, that he would look at everything and say, you know, that, that it's beautiful. He'd look at all these really small things that I know most people don't notice. Um, and he'd say that it's, you know, it's beautiful. Like little, uh, little things about relationships between people, um, or little ways that a shop owner runs a shop or, you know, little kindnesses that people do for other people. Mm -hmm. And, and I just get carried away in those, those mindsets and want to put that into my work so that people would know that a lot of thought and care and, and whatnot went into this project. It's in the framework. And I just want to slap that out of me because it's like all of that beautiful stuff does exist and is in the world. And it seems romantic to write that into your work, but I think reality says that most people don't care. They, they don't want all that backstory. They're not ever going to hear the backstory. They just want the front page to be good and then, you know, the main work to be good. And I'm just trying to figure out what to do with that. Like, I just want to start creating good stuff. Yeah, seems like the only times when people really actually care about the backstory is when the main thing sweeps them off of their feet. And yeah. Like at, at the get-go. Because yeah. it's, it's like you mentioned that beautiful stuff all exists and it's all good and it, it is great that it's there. Um, but it's more the embellishment of life or of art rather than uh, the main course. I mean, also, maybe we just weren't really on the same page in regards to what that album was going to be, because I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't imagining it being any sort of like concept album or 
having any of this like deep meaning to it when we were thinking like night music all i was imagining was just songs that flow together well that that makes sense um it's even it's even just the idea of having a themed album night music i don't think we were on two different pages i just i don't just hear night music when i when i hear things in my head um but we did find a bunch of songs that could work as night music. Like everything we've talked about with the creation of this album is basically, you know, here's 13 songs that work really well together that we could see ourselves playing live um, in the Austin area um, at night. It's really just me crying out that I'm, I'm tired of being in my head and I'd love to do whatever I can to get out of my head, which, I think is largely a part of me just not creating as much as I'd like to. So this might be me throwing you under the bus or <laughs> backing you into a corner, but that would lead me to the question of, have you done anything in regards to that this week? This week, no. I've got, I've got a handful of excuses. This week, I think my excuses are better than most weeks, but my answer is still no. <laughs> yeah. What do you think has to happen for that answer to be yes? Well, I feel that I, I keep working towards it. Like I used to have up on my wardrobe a bunch of sticky notes of all these things. It was like 13 things that I wanted to do every day. And I started to realize that if I wrote down every little thing I wanted to do daily, um, like making my bed in the morning as a way to succeed right off the bat, from brushing my teeth to drinking enough water, it's like that that became ridiculous quickly, which is just one aspect of the way my brain works is trying to organize everything and try to optimize and make things efficient um, that ends up frustrating me in the end if I really just end up slowing myself down with this weird thing I'm trying to do with efficiency that like all the sticky notes on the wardrobe that aren't mm -hmm. actually helping anything. Um, and so I cleaned that up. I made just three things. Um, and one of those three things is 30 minutes a day, a minimum, meaning that even the days where I don't feel like doing it, I'll put in at least 30 minutes of music production. That's not just like playing on the looper, but it's actually trying to be a producer for 30 minutes. Getting something recorded. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I watched a video of Ty Verdes talking about how he made it and you know because i love 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 his album and it's very yeah. fun it's fantastic so many of those songs just feel right yeah and i learned that he went on a show and he made fifty thousand dollars and then moved to la and tried stand up and tried a bunch of different stuff and didn't really know what he wanted to do and i'm sure he's a talented guy and obviously he is with, with music, he's, he's done a lot. Um, but like, I feel thankful that you and I have the talents we've been building with videography and with 
production and with every little thing, there's a lot of areas where we've gained skills. Um, it's just on the backside of having gained all these skills, I feel like we, I continue to need direction. Well, both of us do, yeah. I feel like we both need to continue to be giving each other direction and thinking about our direction. Um, so this is just everything I'm saying is just, you know, I guess trying to stay the course or shift to make sure that the course is good. But I mean, Ty Verdes, he, he, I don't know if it was him using the publicity of that show and winning and, and whatnot to open doors that we don't have open to us, but he managed to partner with producers so he didn't just produce the whole album. Um, mm. He didn't write. I didn't all... think it was self-produced. And I, I always but... like to assume it was because I, I hold this mindset of like always assume that. That you're capable of doing what you just heard. Yeah, I, my brain is always on like take the hard road um, to a, right. a fault. Right. And most of what I'm talking about right now is the faults. <laughs> um. But to learn that he didn't self-produce his album um, just alone, you know, it was song by song. It's, I don't even like that language right now of like produced an album. It's like he didn't self-produce each one of those songs mm. and he didn't write all the parts. Um, I learned that stuck in the middle, he didn't do the, the bass riff. He found a YouTube video with 2000 views on it and watched it and took that and put that wrote lyrics over that and Dang. then it went big on tiktok and then he reached out to a guy like let me buy your stuff and, and i learned that a lot of the production he does with a lot of his songs is him writing lyrics over beats whether or not he made the beat um i'm yeah, sure the answer is sometimes that's a lot of people in that genre period yeah but what he's done stands out from what a lot of other hip-hop wannabes do. Right. Um, he immediately proved that he's not just a wannabe like I would say we are right now. I, I'm so impressed with what he did, but I know that he had help. And I know that you and I are on a very different path. But we've made it so far on this path. Like, again, I feel like we are getting to a point where we have built skills, but we might need to reassess how we want to be applying our skills and how we want to be using them. Um, so I just, all in all, I feel fine in terms of like our direction, where we're going. I just, I even worry with this podcast of just talking all the time about like how to help other artists with art stuff as opposed to just like creating, like what would it look like if we just created something on the podcast, produced something, and, and, and it's like we're constantly building a legacy of what Spondiferous is, that one day when we're 90 years old, like with Studio Ghibli or whatnot, you just look at our lives, however brilliant it is, with all the different chapters in the Spondiferous book, um, it was like 60 years of working together, and it's like, I, I, I love the idea of everything that we have 
been doing and I just, I want the Spondifrist story to be made up of real creations, um, not just like tutorials and helping people and just focusing on other artists, but, but instead focusing on like the common person and trying to step into their world and give them something that they can carry with them throughout the day. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm so affected and inspired by so many other artists. I'm like, am I even really an artist if I'm just an artist for other artists? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just not what I think I want to be. No, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I don't want to just give encouragement to other artists at all times, but I mean, also at the same time, I mean, the very last podcast episode that we published was the voicemail sessions, which is something that we created, which is yeah. a new thing, a piece of art that we did. That felt I don't, right. I don't, think, I don't think the answer is to just keep piling on new things. Like we've said before, like the podcast is, it's funny that I'm saying this on the podcast, but the podcast is How meta. secondary. I'm not interested really in just trying to think up hyper creative weird interesting things that we can just keep doing and keep trying to think of for the podcast i'd honestly rather just be putting that time into making good music and it's uh, it's as simple as just working on the music and i, hear I think you. A yeah big a big piece of that that does help a lot is something that you mentioned earlier was giving each other feedback. There are a lot of times that I'll sit down to work on a song that we've recorded bits and pieces to. And I'll get to a point where I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here because I could take it a bunch of directions creatively and I'm fine with like picking one. But if I pick one that Cameron doesn't like, then it's going to be like, all that work wasn't for nothing because I mean like I it, I could think of it as like practice but it is sort of like all that or you know like when I sat down and worked on, on Irene and I took it in an entire direction and I put it in its own sound and by the end of it you're just like no that's not what it needs to be <laughs> just like oh, okay cool so so well and that but that's the thing too is like how in our heads we are to even always be thinking about each other and whatnot and i think that i love how we're honest with each other that if one of us does something that is either just bad no matter how you look at it not saying that that's how irene was but more of talking about how irene was if it potentially miss the mark um like wrong genre wise sound wise just wasn't what it was supposed to be yeah it just wasn't what it was supposed to be like it felt like you were trying to put you know uh you weren't trying to follow the most natural path um i love how we do communicate about that but I, but i think in terms of what we're creating no i'm not trying to just reach for like constant different new ideas creative ideas i do to a point where i hope that we find the thing we can settle in on. Like voice memo sessions on the podcast felt natural and good. But I just feel like what better encouragement for other artists is just us just making, making really stuff. cool stuff. Yeah. Because I'm more upset right now and my life has been more upset 
by Ty Veritas making an amazing album. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. He, he made an amazing album and it's flipped me upside down. And I'm not flipped upside down like that by the YouTube tutorials that I watch. They're just helpful and playing into SEO when I need to find a specific thing. They're there for me. Yeah. Ty Veritas has made an album that will stick with me for the rest of my life. And, and then it just wrecks me as a creator because I want to emulate that somehow. I've connected so much and felt so much by what he's made. It's like, that's all I really want is to connect with people and make them feel things. And, and right. I don't even want to think about what you think. And you're at the top of the list of people that I would be thinking about. And I don't even want to be thinking about you. I just want to be thinking about translating what's in my head because it's amazing. I love what goes on up here and it's just trapped up there. Um, so, so isn't that like, isn't that the music? It's the music, but it's also podcast ideas and YouTube video ideas. And, and that's, that is something that I've carried with me as a potential flaw for a long time. Um, not focusing on just one aspect of Splendiferous. I mean, I would love to be good at all the things I want to be good at, which would mean being able to draw and do music and perform and talk to a camera and write a really good and compelling script and just all this stuff. Um, it's an elephant. I, I know I need to take it a bite at a time and I think it's possible, but I don't really know if I'm wise, to be honest, when it comes to all these things I want. So is there anything that like we can do that implements that or is this just something that's like squarely on your shoulders that's just like, well, just do it then? Or is it like, <laughs> you know, or like what... Where do you go from this conversation? Um, we've talked about things in the past on here, like doing photo shoots that emulate other people's artwork. I would say that's an example of a good idea. And so basically where we go from this conversation, I think is, as Stephen King says, you know, the way to immortalize bad ideas is writing them down. The good ideas will come back to you. I think if we can really notice the value in the good ideas that we've both had um, and doing those. I know that yours really has much more to do with music production and you really impressed me the last time I was in the studio with what you've been working on. If, if we just hold on to our good ideas, stop immortalizing bad ideas, maybe we're still headed in the right direction. But like you said at the top of this call of trying to hold me accountable of, um, you know, what have I done this week in terms of music production? That's helpful, but I know that it's not as helpful as me implementing my daily disciplines of, you know, doing this every day. Um, yeah. It's this ebb and flow that people, just humans go through and I don't have my head down because I'm like, 
A month ago, my wardrobe, again, was filled with all sorts of bad ideas. And I wrote down, again, to write down, drink the right amount of water, make the bed when you get up, brush your teeth. Like those are tasks in my day. It's like I have too many things I'm giving myself to think about. Those are things yeah. I just do. I don't need to write them down and look at them and make sure I do them. Because then it's like I'm running out of mental energy every day on those things. So I stripped it all. And I feel like that was a huge step in the right direction. And I just can't stress enough that I know I've said this to you a lot, but I believe in my ability to be one of those people that gets his disciplines in order because I know that's what I really want. It might not even be healthy in a lot of people's minds, but I love the idea of achieving that. And I want more than anything for Spondifers' success. It's just for me, in terms of living out my life, I'm not sure I'm as happy with that just being music. And so to a degree, I guess I'm selfish and unwise, but yeah, a lot of that extra crazy stuff, I guess is kind of just on my shoulders, unless you think of ways that you're excited about taking part. But I feel like I've taken some good steps towards making my daily disciplines more achievable and a reality. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair, you know. It's not like music is the only thing I ever want to do in my life. That's never really been the case. I don't think that's the case for, heck, almost just about anybody for anything. I think to be that yeah. single lane focused is borderline crazy. <laughs> like sociopathic <laughs> <laughs> right and so yeah it's not really a matter of not allowing yourself to do anything it's just yeah it's like you said it's knowing what it is you actually want and being willing to do the things that will get you where you want to go and sometimes the the hardest part is not knowing what those things that will get you there are yeah, but I think that I know that the success of Spondiferous isn't what a lot of people view it as, isn't what I used to view this as. I view all this art stuff, the Spondiferous brand, me going out and being a videographer with my company, just everything I have going on, I understand that as my life. And I want... I feel like to have my life in order more than like you want, you want to be content with your everyday life more than you want Spondifers to just be established. Meaning that some people like I used to be was focused more on success um, saying it's not about the fame or the money or saying it's a little bit about the fame or the money. But really, it's mostly just that they're focused on that image of that band on a big stage, mm -hmm. not recognizing because you're just so dang young and you don't realize what living another 60 to 80 years practically feels like. You have this one goal that's so shallow and you don't understand that. I, I feel in the last two and a half years, I've gained that maturity of understanding that mm -hmm. this is my life. 
And if I reach that goal, I kind of feel like whatever, whatever. So oddly enough, it's flipped and now I struggle with being comfortable. I feel like I'm happy as a videographer. I get to travel from hotel to hotel and do these jobs and, and I'm happy as a musician. I make music with my best friend. Um, we talk about what it'll be like when we find wives and we're just living life, you know, and playing mm -hmm. video games and we have a lot of other great friends. And I'm just like, what more is there to want? And I'm 23 and I feel I could die without having ever played on a stage in front of 10,000 people. And I know I'd be happy and fine because I'm already happy. And so it's like, what do you do with that? You yeah. know, what do you do with that? It's not just the shallow goal anymore that it used to be. Yeah. The, the, the branding for us is still journey to 10,000 because yeah, playing in front of 2,000 people, it was the original dream. It's still a dream, but it's not necessary for me to be happy in life. And yeah. as, as you were describing all of that, it's all stuff that I feel. And I was even like tearing up as you were saying all of that stuff because <laughs> it's... You are it, the softy. <laughs> I mean, it's a cool and it's a frustrating place to be because you, you know, it's contentment. But there's, it's not 100% contentment because, you know, if you're just fully satisfied, then it's like, yeah, it's like, what do you, what do you, what do you do? Where do you go from there? Um, yeah. There's, yeah. there is nowhere to go from there, but there, there is that level, that level of satisfaction that then something I've talked about to you before is having a struggle of like really knowing and locking down the why. Um, and if, if that isn't super clear, then it's hard to find the willingness to, to do much. It's just, it's a, it's a new thing, you know. Your why used to be because you need it. You need, you need that. It, somehow that gives you purpose in life and you're like, that's a bunch of bull. Um, that gives you no purpose in life. There, mm -hmm. There's so many other artists that have done that thinking that would happen and then they realize on the back end of that that they haven't gained any new purpose necessarily. Um, they've just done this thing that they, as a kid thought, but now they're, they're like 30 years old or 40 and they're like, wow, I've got another 40 or 50 years. What does that mean for me? And those are the foundations I get to lay right now that I'm already setting up the life that I want to live. So it was hard to explain to this guy the other day that was like, I can't believe you would say that you're okay with not making it like Ty Verdes did. That's just a different of understanding I don't know how to put into words for him. First of all, so much luck was involved in Ty Verdes happening. L you know. Luck is involved with anybody who who makes it big. I mean, the, yeah. that's, that's not taking away from anybody because you know you, you do have to have it. But at the same time, yeah, that's that's an undeniable piece. Well, and you and I have talked about increasing our luck, but we both know that you still don't have control over whether or not you get lucky. Yeah, and so it's like I just have that new struggle of, okay, as an artist, just living my life. Yeah, let's get that topic behind us. So I'm living my life. And as an artist moving forward, I would like it to look 
more practically like like Miyazaki from Ghibli who put in eight hour days and I'm sure had to build that discipline somehow. It was probably by just starting out as an intern and then you know being a guy that drew all day in a really mindless way and it it was it was always set in his brain as a job so i'm gonna have to build that and that might be really hard in music i'm not sure um i know eminem said the same thing that it was like eight hour days he'd go into the studio spend eight hours and then go home it was his job and i would love to make my job basically never just being in my head and just pencil to paper, you know, writing lyrics, thinking through my experiences in life, my thoughts, what I've seen recently, what I would want to represent or connect with. Writing music, having a keyboard in my lap, having a guitar in my hands, um, and just like, just spending those hours not because, oh, I like it and it's fun, that's too weak. That's like two hours a day level, whatever. Mm-hmm. Eight hours a day, it's my job, is like your mind is on the release to some degree. Like when you fill the theater full of those people and you have the first showing and you really want to impress them. Um, you really hope they like it and you just poured your soul into it for months. It's like, oh yeah, I'd love, I'd love to... Um, be a creator, to be a real artist and creator. That'd be great. Yeah. That's all. I'm just young and clueless and experienceless. I don't expect anyone else to care right now, but, and, and a lot of people that I know don't believe me anymore when I say in 10 years or in 15 years, you know, keep an eye out for what Tanner and I will be doing. And, uh, what do you mean? They don't believe you. They, They don't believe that we'll still be doing stuff. Oh, they just don't like listening to me talk anymore. They're like, that's ah. a wrong way to think of it. And I'm just on a different planet than they are in terms of thought process of, of where we're at mentally about this whole creation thing. I am in it for the long game because I am just living. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. All you can hope for and ask of yourself is if you are further along now than you were yesterday or last week or last month or last year and just keep taking steps forward even if they're even if they're a little bitty my when my dad and i used to play golf when i was little i, th- I think i told you this before I, w- I was little and i sucked at golf i still suck at golf i would hit it shank it or top it and it would just hardly go anywhere and he would just kind of in that annoying dad way that all dads seem to be able to do would just be like well if you're a little bit closer that means you're a little bit closer <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst <laughs> i was just like gee thanks dad <laughs> but i mean to a degree it, you know it can be helpful and it's true it's it's true and closer, he's the best closer yeah i think given enough time it's all gonna play itself out you know I mean, obviously, of course it is, but hey, good conversation. Tomorrow, I don't have any video shoots and I'm going to produce some music. Cool. Sounds good. I'm probably going to do the same. Well, you're always doing the same. You did. You produced music today, didn't you? Don't lie. Uh, Not today, but I did yesterday. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Exactly. You're man, you're you're doing that three to five times a week for sure. Every yeah. week, I would say, for like months now. And um it's amazing. It's really it's really developed. Um I I can't wait to catch up. <laughs> Cause I'm gonna yeah. try to. Yeah. You'll see. If you, you don't <laughs> slow down because I'm gonna freaking try to pile drive you on this junk. Yeah. Well, there there are plenty of days I leave the studio thinking that I made no progress. <laughs> you know, I probably did, but uh, well, that's totally how it goes. That again, there's a quote from Brene Brown um, when she's talking about um, oh, what's the president with the mustache and the glasses and the Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt, his his uh, speech. The man in the... Oh, the man in the arena. You went and listened to it? Yeah, so Brene Brown was talking about it, and she said, one thing that's true about people that actually take part, especially if you're a creator creating, is that you're going to get your ass kicked. That's yeah. one thing that's true that you can count on. Mm. So there's our encouragement. That's good. Yeah, of course, of course you leave the studio feeling like you got nothing done. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> there... That I think I've told you this plenty of times before because I've told a lot of people. I often leave the studio thinking I'm just not where I need to be. And I just, every time I think that thought goes through my head, I just try to flip it on its head and say, but I'm on my way. Ah, oh, what an optimist. All right, yeah. well, hey, I'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. We'll probably talk before that, but yeah. <laughs> of course we will. <laughs> See ya. Later. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Spawn Difference podcast. It was real and it was fun and it can continue to be real fun if you go and listen to the other things that we've created like on our spotify our youtube apple music instagram tiktok you know basically every single platform you can think of just type in spondiferous and you're likely to find some sort of ridiculous content on there and maybe some music that you really enjoy too and so go check that stuff out let us know what you think in the comments of any of our posts and we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week.